0: What's up everybody, welcome to today's episode of PodMosh. Today we have the founder of DFW Scanner, John Bergdorf. Real cool guy, but before before we get into that, I wanna do a quick announcement. We have a contest going on right now for PodMosh. 100 bucks in free pizza if you want it at a gourmet pizza place called Palios. Uh, they're located in Mansfield and a couple stores in Fort Worth. Awesome store, uh, you guys gotta check out this food. So it's 100 bucks in free pizza. Um, if you want it, all you gotta do is like, comment, or share this show. Hopefully you're one of your favorite episodes if you listen to it. If not, oh, well, um, do some sort of engagement like that and I'll, I'll get on my feed and then I'll enter you into the contest. So real simple. All I got to do is just do that for the hundred bucks, draw hundred dollars of free pizza. All right. John Bergdorf founder of DFW scanner, real cool guy. I, I learned a lot about how he kind of developed. DFW scanner uh the reach that we have now because most of us know exactly what DFW scanner is it's one of the places we go to if we see a wreck or if we're scrolling it's uh, a big portion of that was um you know with that with the 130 car pile up their involvement was also key. he tells about that story as well it's kind of kind of interesting so hope you all enjoy I know I did and uh yeah y'all check it out all right. We are recording, Mr. Bergdorf. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Caleb, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So I reached out to you. Uh, she was probably a couple weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago. It's was like, Hey, I noticed you started DFW Scanner and uh, it's a pretty popular thing around here. Kind of walk me through that. But first I do want to hear uh, what you do and then kind of how you started getting into maybe creating a page like, like DFW Scanner.
1: Sure. So um, professionally, actually, my my real job stems from the scanner, actually. So um, I'll kind of start with that and then work my way into what I do uh, professionally. But um, So back uh, almost 11 years ago in 2010 um, is when I started the site. Um, it was kind of an interesting story. If, uh, two years prior to that, I, I bought my first police scanner. Um, there was an accident that happened near my house. And so I rode my bike over there. I was still in like middle school at the time. <laughs> I rode my bike over there. And uh, this little old lady uh, was like standing right next to the scene. And she had this little scanner up to her ear. And so I walked over there and I was like, what the heck are you listening to? And 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 I mean, she was listening to all the details and and like you know, it was almost like a movie, right? To where you're Hmm. listening to it and then you're watching it in real life happen, you know, all the first responders tending to the injured persons and then that sort of stuff. So so uh that's kind of when I fell in love with it and um I saved up some money bought a police scanner in 2008 it was my very first one and then um it kind of took some took a few years to learn the lingo and to <laughs> kind of understand the industry so to speak and um just absolutely fell in love with it um you know some weekends I'd go out with my friends in high school and we you know take the scanner out and go chase scanner calls and <laughs> you know shootings house fires all that fun stuff and um, anyway, uh, in in late 2010, I was um, working at one of my father's rehab houses in Arlington, and uh, he, he buys and, and flips and sells houses. Oh, nice! Um, I was doing some work for him at one of his houses, actually tearing up carpet, and so I was taking some carpet from the house to my pickup truck in the front in the front uh, front of the house, and I could smell smoke so I ran outside and sure enough, uh, a house down the street, there was just, you know, smoke pouring out of it. So I ran over there and, uh, me and a few neighbors, you know, banged on the doors and, and, uh, you know, made sure everybody was out. Uh, luckily the house was for sale, so nobody was inside, but, um, you know, we called the fire department, they showed up, and it was just very action-packed of, you know, them putting out the fire and, and everything. And and so anyway, after that hour-long excitement, uh, you know, I rushed home and, and told my parents that, you know, I, I saw a house on fire, called 911, this and that. And I said, you know, we have to watch the news at 10 o'clock, because I want to hear, you know, what happened, how the fire started, you know, this and that. And so lo and behold, we sit down in front of the TV at 10 o'clock, and there's no mention of it, huh.
0: nothing.
1: Um, because it was just an average house fire. And so, um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of when the gears started ticking that, you know, there's, there's this, this, you know, these, these small incidents that happen, these, these local things in our communities that, um, you know, it, it really doesn't affect a whole lot of us, but there are still people out there that want to know what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, even if it is someone's, you know, house catching on fire, you know, down the street. That's not big enough for, you know, the news to cover, obviously, unless something unfortunate happens. But um, I realized that there was a, a demand for people Um you know that 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 wanted to know what was happening in their communities that might not make the the local news at night, and uh, so that's really kind of what lit the fire, so to speak, um, mm. under my feet to to get this thing going. And and uh, here, ten years later, uh, we have a team of people across the metroplex that monitor scanners on a daily basis. Um, just for fun, people like me that work from home and, um, that listen to scanners regularly. And we have a lot of contributors across the Metroplex from firefighters, police chiefs, and then everything in between that, that send information to us. And so, um, it's, it's really turned out to be something pretty cool. And, um, here we are just under a million followers uh, in North, which is pretty, pretty crazy to think about. Uh, but, uh, it takes a lot of work to, um, you know, to manage everything, but it's, it's become a pretty successful side business um, of mine. And it, it's something I really enjoy.
0: That's really cool, man. Cause you, you've said a lot there. And I really like how that kind of progressed from, you know, riding your bike down the street to a house fire, you know, to listen to the scanners, by the way, have you ever found like where you are listen to the scanners and the, the police who have, who are on scene, or like, hey, can you can you just get out of our way? Type of issue. Have you ever ran into that situation?
1: Uh, so um, yeah. not not really, um, because you know we really don't go out to the scenes all that much. Um, I know the news media does sometimes to uh, you know, cover major stories, but, you know, we're, we're pretty much in house, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're the nerds kind of behind the computers, listening to everything and, and posting what's going on. Uh, we don't usually go out to the scenes and report live, but, uh, cause you know, you know, one of the things that we value is, is public safety, um, safety as well. And, 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 um, just the professionalism that they do. And, and so, you know, we don't want to get in their way. Uh, we want to inform the community, um, in a respectful manner, um, that, uh, not only takes into account the, the integrity of, of what they're doing, but also the patient privacy, uh, you know, we don't want to be there shooting a video and, uh, you know, them extricating a, an injured person from a crash scene and, you know, they show their face. That's mm-hmm. not really what we're about. I know the news media kind of does that stuff, but we're, we're a little different.
0: So why, why did you get, have that mindset? Cause I guess for me, cause I, I was a first responder for a while. I worked Arlington for a while on my ambulance. And as well as JPS. So both those really shaped a lot of my world to you, Right. And uh, we, I've, I came into a lot of situations where, Like exactly what you're talking about, where a family member or a neighbor or a friend or news media, I mean, they have cameras in your face uh, as you're trying to do CPR or as you're trying to, uh, like you're saying, extricate. And it's extremely frustrating to when you're trying to save a life, right? Um, Quote, unquote, save a life. (laughs) But um, you have a different mindset and that's what I like to say. Not normal. I say that a lot in my show and I'm kind of curious what led to that mindset. Cause most people just want to get that, that video out there. They just want to get that feed that those likes and shares.
1: Yeah. And, and that's kind of how we started to be honest. Um, you, you know, because it's, it's always the more graphic photos that, you know, get all the attention and get all the engagement. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, from our side, or at least from the news media side, um, there's always some, you know, uh, monetary interest and and uh, you know viral interest in in sharing the nasty pictures and and like I said we started doing that um, you know when we, when we were very early on and I heard some stories from people um, that had actually learned of their loved ones um, either in the newspaper or you know watching the nightly news they you know see their Father's crashed car, and, and they haven't heard from him. And it turns out he passed away. And, and so, uh, you know, I said, you know, we just need to avoid all this. You know, there's a way to do this respectfully, and, and there's a way to to get out this information to the people that want to want to know about it um, in a respectful manner. And so, um, just to avoid that from ever happening, uh, you know, we refrain now from posting any fatality crashes. We don't go into any. Um, You know, any identifying characteristics about the vehicles, about people involved, Um, you know, we're fond of saying, you know, we report what's happening not who is involved. And, and I know that's still kind of what the news media does and, and, and that's their prerogative, but we take a little bit of a different approach and a little bit of humane reproach, I would say. And, and, um, so we've always valued that. And I think our, our audience values that too. Mm Uh, we've kind of gained a reputation for, um, you know, a a page that, you know, always knows what's going on. But, you know, when when we report something, we're not going to be, you know, showing people's faces. We're not going to be showing graphic content um, to our audience um, because, you know, even that would get us a lot more likes, a lot more clicks, um, it's just not something we've chosen to do and, and I think it's an example too that you can be successful at the news business so to speak without showing all the bloody gory stuff
0: no oh, big time you know you, the bloody and gory stuff the, the things that actually happen you, you touched on this earlier um, the things that actually happen in the DFW Metroplex um, probably, of it, if maybe even 5% of it actually gets reported that people actually know about. So that story about you going to the fire and it wasn't the local news. Well, that happens all the time. Um, the things I think if people actually understood the things that happen in the Fort Worth and Dallas areas, it would be almost too overwhelming. I can't tell you how many times where the situations that I've been a part of, or people have come into the hospital, whether it's whether it's responding, I'd, I'd say the thing. I'd be like, hey, I'm going to listen for it on the news because this is a, you know this person got tortured and waterboarded for five days, you know, and all that stuff is, it's insane to think about, but it happens all the time. So I guess my question for you is, do you ever find yourself or your team, do they find themselves in a spot where they're just overwhelmed with depression from all the things that actually happen that are, they're having to post and keep up with. And like, kind of, what's the mental state health state on with you and your team when it comes to all this crazy craziness?
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's important to, to keep things in perspective, right? I mean, Um, you know, we're just the guys behind the scenes, you know, listening to what the front, you know, the first responders are doing and then posting it on Facebook. Right. So, um, you know, you know, we might deal with some, some challenges behind the scenes about, you know, always listening to, you know, grotesque incidents and, and, you know, things where people are dying and, and, um, you know, it doesn't really affect me too much just because I've been doing it for 10 years. And so I've heard pretty much everything in the book. So, you know, but, but what we do is, you know, it doesn't really affect us as much uh, because we're not there on the front lines. Um, it really affects the first responders, uh, the firefighters, EMTs, and police. And it sounds like you've encountered some incidents of, of that as well. My, my brother's a professional firefighter in Arlington. Oh, what station? Um, station one. Oh, yeah. Downtown. So he, he loves it. And, um, but just listening to some of the stuff that he's worked, it's like, you know, I, I wouldn't even be able to even look at any uh, some of the stuff that they do, you know? So, um, you know, it's always about keeping things in perspective and, and just understanding that, um, you know, what, what we do behind the scenes is nothing. It, it pretty much pales in comparison to, uh, what, the, what our frontline healthcare workers and first responders see on a daily basis.
0: I definitely think that there's something to be said for what you guys do, though, because I, I I get I get what you're saying. I get that you know, the first responder side of things is uh, way more violent. You, you encounter it's a lot more uh, senses involved: seeing, touch, smell, all that stuff, um, which later on applies to how you how your mental state is. Um, but as somebody who might be listening 24 seven to all these calls, it's just the information, and sometimes the imagination can go way worse than actually what's happening on scene. So I just didn't know if if even some of your team had encountered that, even some of those feelings, or maybe this is something that that you guys have never really even experienced. I don't know. Um, I know you said earlier that uh, you've been doing this for so long. So at at the beginning, did it kind of mess with you or, or not?
1: Um, A a little bit, but um, you know, like I said, I've always come to the, I've always kind of been in the mindset of, you know, we're just listening to the scanners. I mean, uh, and I appreciate the sentiments of, you know, of of the goodwill, but uh, you know, like I said, what what we're doing pales in comparison to what the first responders are seeing. And so, um, you know, I I think, uh, you know, my team and I have always kind of keep that in mind. And so I guess we kind of turn that uh, mental anguish, um, what would be mental anguish on our side into just the realization that, you know, we don't really have to do mm. this as, as much as other people are. So,
0: Gotcha. Now tell me a lot about your team. I want to know kind of how you found them, how the network is on what you post, so on and so forth. Kind of break down the organization for me.
1: Yeah. So when I started DFW scanner in uh, 2010, it was just me. And uh, to be very frank, I mean, it was almost just Arlington stuff because I lived in Arlington. I was active in high school and I was about to go out to college. And so, you know, pretty much it was just, you know, things that were happening in Arlington. And then, um, we had a gentleman in the mid cities area, uh, catch on, he was a follower and he said, Hey, you know, I'm, I monitor, uh, North Virginia Hills, Fort Worth, Hershey, Ulis Bedford, this area, uh, pretty frequently. I've got several scanners. If you need some help posting, I'd be happy to do it. And this is when we were super young. I mean, maybe a few thousand likes it was, it was pretty early on. And, uh, so we brought him onto the team. And so, you know, then we kind of covered the mid cities area and then I had Arlington and then we had a, a firefighter up in uh, Louisville, Brandon, who's still with us. Um, he's an EMS chief up there and he, um, he started doing kind of Denton County area and then we just kind of grew out from there. And, and we've had a lot of, uh, you know, admins come and go come and go because it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a volunteer basis type thing, like I said. So, um, you know, our, our, our network of people that listen to scanners, you know, um, you know, I don't make them, you know, listen, you know, eight hours a day. It's just, (laughs) it's just, you know, when you have time outside of family and when you have time outside of work, you know, uh, type of thing. So, uh, right now we have about six people that are pretty active, um, you know, listeners across the Metroplex and, and it's kind of interesting The the, the larger we've grown, um, the more information actually gets sent to us so in the beginning it was a hundred percent listening to scanners and if you didn't catch something you didn't catch something but now it's probably only 40 to 30 percent listening to scanners Mm. and then we have we're, we're so big we have almost a million followers we have all these people that send in information to us Um, If it's a picture of a crash, if it's, you know, somebody else listening to a scanner in Plano that has a, you know, it's listening to a fire, he'll, you know, he'll text us. And so, um, do you guys have to
0: verify that information?
1: We do. Uh, yeah. So we have, um, you know, we verify it through the scanner, obviously, which is not official. Um, but but over the 10 years that I've been doing this, I've made a lot of connections with uh, most of the police and fire departments uh, in North Texas, and a lot of PIO offices, which is public information office, um, a lot of media representatives that are you know very open and willing and and you know they all follow dfw scanner they know what it is and and um you know they know that we're a credible news site and um so you know if if we are listening to a shooting or something or if we get word of heavy police activity well i'll pick up the phone or somebody somebody else from the team will pick up a phone and call um, our contact at that department and just say hey you, you know anything for us and, you know, kind of like the traditional news media does, but, you know, if they hear a news tip, they'll work to confirm it. We do the same thing. And, um, I, I'd, I'd probably say that the police and the fire departments are a little bit more open to talk with us just because we're, you know, we're just citizens that are, you know, trying to inform other people. Um, and it's so pretty I,
0: straight into the point, that's, that's what I like yeah. about it. It's, yeah, yeah. This, and, is, uh, this is what's happening. Uh, I have no spin on it. This is just a fact. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, no, no fake news, so to speak. Just yeah.
1: the whole cold hard facts, and um, so I think that uh, that that makes them a little bit more open to talk to us and our reputation um, in the industry. It's 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 hard to find a first responder who doesn't follow us or have at least heard of us. So uh, we're we're very well known, and that's certainly helped us to. Uh, create the the network of connections that we have in north, north
0: Texas. Now that's a lot of good in what you do, um, but there's always that those that segment population that's always looking for the negatives. You know what have you run into with that where people are just dogging on you left and right?
1: So <laughs> one thing that we could do a lot better at is uh, comments on Facebook. Um, you know we have we get probably 10 to 20,000 comments a week on uh, our Facebook page just because where we post so much and, and we're so big, it's, 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 it would be a 24 seven effort to try to monitor all the comments. And mm-hmm. so we get a lot of nasty comments on Facebook that, um, that sometimes go unnoticed and, and, um, you know, <clears throat> that's probably been the biggest um, criticism, I guess, of us is that we haven't been always, uh, you know, Johnny on the spot at, at some of the information that gets posted on our sites from the general public, uh, which, you know, as I'm sure you know, you know, social media comments are are rampant. <laughs> <laughs> people will say whatever they want to say. So, um you know, that, that's kind of where the negative, the negative aspect comes in. Um, we've had a handful of a very small um, amount of first responders, um, mainly on the police side, who are just uh, totally against what we do. Um, and we I'll, I'll tell you, we, we take great strides to make sure that we keep officer safety in mind. Uh, we don't post active SWAT scenes, um, you know, we don't post pictures of police incidents that are ongoing just to, you know, if, if it is some type of barricaded person incident center, something where, you yeah. know, armed person, et cetera, uh, you know, we don't want to give the officer's position away, that sort of stuff. So, you know, we take that into, in, into consideration, um, but there's police. What's that?
0: How do you manage it though?
1: It's, it's difficult, right? Because we'll do a post and, um, you know, within 10 minutes, we'll have a hundred comments and, uh, you know, sometimes it just takes one person to just say, okay, you are the admin for this post, watch it like a hawk, you know, make sure there are no comments, uh, you know, that, that say, you know, there's 10 cops and here's a picture, you know, that sort of stuff. So, okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's all just kind of behind the scenes monitoring everything. But like I said, it gets really challenging with, uh, you know, 900 and something thousand followers
0: and,
1: yeah. uh, you know, they all have, a, an opinion and, uh, they're going to give it. So, uh,
0: yeah, it's pretty interesting though. Um, so you've talked a lot about the scanner, Are you, you've, has it become a small business yet? Are you able to monetize a lot of yeah. this? I noticed yeah. you sold a lot of merchandise and things like that.
1: Yeah. So we did, uh, we've sold some t-shirts, we've done some merch in the past, but, um, you know, one of the reasons, um, one of the ways that we've monetized is through advertising. Um, So the past two, three years or so, we've, we've tried to move all of our content. It was pretty much posted directly to social media. And so what we've done is to kind of split it. And so we, we've, we've still done the direct posts on social media. Uh, but then we've also offered kind of like a follow-up report. Because, you know, what we do is if we're posting something, it's usually within the first 20 minutes of it happening. And so there's really not a lot of information yet uh, that, we, that we're that we posting. It's, it's usually just, you know, there's a rollover crash here. The highway's closed they are working to get the person out, avoid the area. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, three, four hours down the line, uh, there's probably going to be a press release or some type of update from the police with a lot more information. So we'll take that, Uh, you know, whereas we weren't really messing with all that stuff. We would just kind of let the news media deal with it. Uh, You know, we're now kind of taking that information and then posting it on our website and then also sharing that. So, so the coverage is a little bit more comprehensive as well uh, the past few years. And, and then we've been able to monetize the website, um, pretty well. Uh, we picked up a few advertisers in the past few years that, um, have been, uh, really helped us a lot uh, with creating this kind of like a side business for me. And so, um, you know, it it kind of, it kind of, you know, keeps us going so to speak, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. It's been a good side business and, um, you know, we, we still don't pay our team just because we're not making a ton of money, but, Mm. Uh, you know these guys don't want money. Uh, they do this just for the love of their community and, and for the love of other people, and just to uh, to, to keep people informed.
0: That's awesome. Um, I want to hear about the crash, that big old hundred thirty car pileup, and kind of all the things that you guys had to deal with. Um, and post there's because a lot of people posted videos in the comment section. And a lot of videos got spread of the crash actually happening of people getting smacked. Uh, I want to hear a little bit more about that, but first I want to hear about you. I want to know who you are. <laughs> you just had a baby, right?
1: I did. Yeah. My wife and I, uh, my wife, Hannah and I got married in 2019. And uh, we had a baby uh, pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, our son, August was born January of last year. So he is, uh, nice. 13 months as of Monday, I believe.
0: Congrats, man. That's awesome.
1: And thanks. It's, it's, a, it's a whole lot of fun, but it's, it's been quite a challenge, um, the past year trying to juggle, uh, you know, work life and then family life has been pretty difficult because I'm a, I'm certainly a, a self-diagnosed workaholic. And so mm. uh, it's been quite a challenge, but it's been, uh, it's been an amazing adventure and, uh, I, you know, I love my family dearly and it's, it's, it's just been a lot of fun to, to kind of figure everything out and, um, who knows, maybe he'll be the new face of, of DF3 scanners. <laughs>
0: um, what do you do as your main profession?
1: So I do marketing for a, a company called Sims Martin emergency group. Um, and it kind of works in with how, how I do the scanner as well. Um, I actually graduated from Texas A&M in 2015 and um, the owner of Siddons Martin heard that I was, you know, out of college and, and looking for work. And he actually called me and um, hired me over the phone to, uh, to do all their marketing stuff, social media, website, um, you know, photography, et cetera. And so Siddons Martin is a, uh, a fire truck, uh, an emergency vehicle dealership. Uh, we sell fire trucks, uh, ambulances, police cars, um, et cetera. So hmm. Um, it's kind of funny how it's all worked out Yeah, because uh, the owner of the company was, was a longtime time follower. And so it's kind of funny how, you know, all the, all the pieces of the puzzle, uh, uh fit in and, uh, it, it's a good job. I work from home, uh, but I also travel a good bit. I'm, I'm here in New Mexico right now. And, and, um, you know, meeting with customers and, and doing that sort of stuff. But it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, it, it, it allows me to make a lot of connections, especially in the Metroplex that, you know, not only helped my full-time job with Sins Martin, but also with DFW Scanner.
0: That's cool that you got that job because of Scanner. That's really cool. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> my parents always said, John, you, you really need to figure out what you're going to do in life. <laughs> and instead of the Scanner stuff, I said, one day it's going to pay off. Just you wait. And of course now, it, you know, it got me my full-time job. You know, I'm making a you know, good bit of money on the side with it. So it's like, okay, mom and dad. Come
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're an entrepreneur. Um, it sounds like a serial entrepreneur. You're, you're always pushing towards really uh, the next thing. Um, how do you develop some of those mindsets for, for success? I mean, patience, obviously, uh, but it, it sounds like you might be one of those guys who, uh, your parents thought at least was just kind of withering to and fro, didn't really have a goal, didn't really have much to do um, besides scanner, which was your passion. Um, but there's a lot of mental stuff that has to happen. Uh, mental fortitude, I guess you could say uh, to, to be able to push past a lot of these barriers. Now, how'd you do it?
1: So I would say, yeah, perseverance is key. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of times when you, you know, try at something and fail, but, um, I'm very fond of the saying that, um, you know, the path of success is lined with failure. And, um, you know, especially as I was trying to you know, I I built up DFW scanner. I know I wanted to make it a business someday. I know I wanted to make some money with it. And I tried several different things and they just fell flat on their flat on their face. And it was just, it was like, am I even going to do anything with this or is this just still a hobby? And, um, but you got to stick with it. You got to be, you got to be persistent and you got, you got to work hard. And, you know, especially in those early days, man, it was, it was a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but you know, I, I worked hard for for that amount of time in my life. It was college, and so I was kind of just a a homebody person. Uh, didn't do a lot of partying partying. Uh, I had some social activity, but but mainly just you know uh, at my house doing schoolwork or scanner work, and and uh, you know built it up to, to what it is today. And and uh, yeah, perseverance is key. Um, you just keep your mindset, uh, intact. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of different things that want to push you aside, but you've got to stay focused on the goal and, you know, with a little luck and a lot of hard work, you can get a lot, you can go a long, long way. And so I would just encourage anyone who, um, you know, has an idea or, Um, you know, is, is working on a startup or, or has a successful business, you know, just, just keep working at it. Uh, Keep plugging away. Even when the, you know, your, your vision is kind of foggy. Um, Even when it looks like there might not be a future um, I can guarantee you um, there, there is a future. And if you just work at it long enough and hard enough and, and stay disciplined, you'll, you'll get there for sure.
0: How many years in were you before you realized that this is, okay, this is a good thing. This is successful.
1: Oh gosh, I would probably say six to seven years, honestly. Yeah. So it, wow. it, it takes a lot. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of time, um, a lot of effort. But but like I said, it's it's all worth it. Um, you know, I, I'm reaping the benefits today. You know, here I am, <clears throat> almost eleven years later. And how old are you? I'm 28. Wow, dude, that's so, awesome. Yeah, I started it when I was a senior in high school, and I don't know how. I, I guess I was 18 then, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it takes a lot of work uh, at whatever you do and um, just, you know, work hard. And, and like I said, you, you, you can go a long way in life. If you work hard at just about anything, whether that's your full-time job, um, you know, your, your personal life, whatever it is, just, you know, um, you know, always aim higher and always try to be better than the day uh, than yesterday. This is
0: awesome. So you've, you've really been, Forced into the public eye right now with all the followers, you're you know the CEO of DFW Scanner, one of the most followed groups in North Texas. Have you come into uh, contact with people who just want you dead? <laughs> who like give you death threats or anything like that?
1: I have not, not yet. Um, but you know, knock on wood. <laughs> maybe I, I'm going to hang up from this call and, and get a bunch of death threats. I don't know, but um, and not yet. That's uh, funny. So, so we'll see.
0: Okay. All right, so <laughs> I I hope not. <laughs> I know. I hope not either. I know, I was, that was just a random question I had the other day. I like, I wonder if he gets death
1: threats. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so Now let's shift. Banned, to- we banned a few people that you know have sent me nasty grams. I remember I got one a few years ago, and this guy. Of course, I can't read the email because it's just laced with profanity. But <laughs> he, he said something along the lines of "I'm no good." You know, I'm no better than that leader from North Korea, Kim Jong Il, or something. What? <laughs> because I banned them from my Facebook page for something stupid. And it's oh my like, gosh. Dude, dude, just go away. You know, and, wow. and you know, I've, I've grown some thick skin too over the years because um, yeah, like I, like I was saying earlier, we get people that make comments all the time and that send us messages that are ticked off. It's something so little. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta, you know, it's gotta be like water off a duck's back, man. You gotta just, you know, lay it off and uh, you know, respond nicely. and. and <laughs>
0: well a lot of the comments what
1: no death threats
0: okay i noticed a lot of the comments that y'all have done before have been very respectable like uh you guys it seems like i've handed all whoever is commenting all the time but it seems like the common thread where you guys have just responded well which is also not normal it's pretty easy to get your feelings hurt on social media and uh you guys have done well with that so much respect for you guys for doing that
1: well thank you and I, i kind of you know my you know if we ever make a comment towards somebody i either want it to be respectfully or diplomatically mm. uh, because those are really the two ways that you have to deal with people sometimes and,
0: yeah
1: and so it's either a you know respectful comment uh, and it all deals with the tone of their original comment right if it's a nasty gram if it's you know something so crazy like the guy that that i just mentioned that was writing something nasty you know sometimes it is uh, more of a diplomatic response and and sometimes those garner a little bit more attention just because i think especially these days people kind of like it put straightforward mm-hmm. to them and so um you know if 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 you write us a criticism uh you know that's fine we welcome it and and we're going to you know we're going to respond either respectfully or diplomatically and just you know whatever the situation warrants so
0: yeah you know. all right so now the the 130 car pileup um yeah. pretty intense uh were you on that admin at that time whenever that was occurring
1: so funny story i actually um the the crash which was a very unfortunate event it happened at 6 a.m uh that thursday morning i believe it was and i had just fed my son uh, I'm, I'm on evening duty for uh, to let my wife sleep a little bit Nice. He still wakes up pretty early in the morning. So I had just fed him. And then I checked up on the weather cause it was supposed to get kind of icy that day and um, saw that there was really nothing too much happening. And so I actually went back to bed. Uh, and then I think I woke up about seven 30 to a bunch of phone calls and texts that, you know, Hey, there's been a serious crash. And so, um, you know, when, when the crash actually happened, we, we missed that. We, 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 uh, you know, we were a little late to the party, um, so to speak, but, um, you know, we, we covered it the rest of the day and, um, just a really, really sad unfortunate event, but, um, you know, something that, you know, that, that, kind of spurred out of it was the whole, uh, Jeep rides deal, which I'm sure we'll talk about mm-hmm. uh, in a minute, but, but yeah, it was, it was such a terrible wreck and, and, um, you know, I think it highlights, you know, the importance of driving safely, especially in conditions when, you know icy conditions that we're not used to here in Texas and, and uh, just a really terrible scene. So,
0: Yeah. Um, With all the the videos that were surfacing and we talked about this earlier about how loved ones are finding out that (laughs) their loved ones are in that wreck because i i know i was looking at videos and pictures of like that semi that smacked you know 10 cars right there in fact my buddy who's a paramedic um was in that wreck and almost died from that semi it was the coca-cola semi smacked him uh he ran out of the car right before uh his mustang got i mean yeah he would he would have died easily um so i just imagine even as a friend like that would that'd be terrible if i saw you know, my buddy die on, on Facebook. So how are you guys managing that type of stuff? I know before you try and I've seen comments that you, you actually try and, and say, Hey, don't post things like that, but sometimes people do it anyway. So what do you do?
1: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, we, we don't post pictures of fatality crashes. Um, sometimes we'll post a picture like of the general scene, but it, it doesn't show any vehicle descriptions. It doesn't show, you know, all the blood and gore stuff.
0: But other people can,
1: right? Other people, no, no. Oh, okay. So sometimes they, you know, if, if we do a post of fatality crash, um, you know, like I said, we, we have on our Facebook alone, we have over 600,000 followers. So we, you know, it, we can get a lot of comments, a lot of pictures, you know, fast if it's something that we don't want. And so then it just takes somebody dedicated to, you know, on our team that just monitors it closely and and deletes it. And then if it is something that if it is a a crash that we get a lot of pictures, we'll just have to say, Hey, you know, let's just a reminder, you know, we don't allow these, you know, pictures of fatality crashes on here. So just please refrain from doing that. But, um, you know, it was tough too, because it's, it's kind of a a, a tug of war, right? Because we could, you know, we were sent a lot of videos, a lot of pictures, uh, from that crash and, and we would have shared it. And, we probably would have had, you know, a million shares. I mean, it would have been crazy viral, like, like it, like it, pretty much was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's it kind of goes back to the whole, uh, you know, respect, uh, patient privacy, integrity. Um, you know, on, on the on the you know fact that we might have someone's loved one that watches the video, and you know, it, it tears them up. That that's just not that's not right for us to do. And, um, you know, like I said, it, it, it's kind of a back and forth, right. Because, you know, obviously we want the the engagement on our social media page. We want new likes, we want to grow, et cetera. But, uh, we kind of push that aside sometimes just to, uh, you know, respect the people involved and and to make sure that we don't have loved ones that are, that are seeing that sort of stuff, even though they're probably already going to see it somewhere, you know, uh, we, we just don't want them to see
0: it on our page. Before I move into, uh, what, how DFW scanner responded to the storm, um, what's the next big step for DFW scanner and growing?
1: And so we're just going to keep doing what we do, um, we are, uh, we're looking at some different content avenues right now. Um, hopefully going to do a podcast. We have, um, fiddled around with a newsletter. Um, but we're really trying to expand into, uh, more avenues to, to share content, um, specifically like podcasting and, and, um, uh, a few other avenues that, that we're really looking at right now. But, um, you know, we're going to keep growing, um, you know, we don't, we don't like to stay where we are. We like to be always growing. We don't like to be stagnant. We want to, you know, constantly stay on the, the cutting edge of things. And so, um, you know, we're going to keep doing what we do, but we're going to do it better and uh, try to do it, uh, you know, more respectfully and, and, and you know, better than, than the previous day.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I know a good podcaster if you guys need help. <laughs> um, all right. So the storm, you or whoever it was at DFW scanner brought together some really cool resources. Um, you saw a big need and it was actually very successful. So walk me through that.
1: Yeah. So we, um, and it kind of stemmed from that crash that we were just talking about the the, um, I got approached from actually one of our advertisers is the Potts law firm and a representative from them. Who's also a part of the North Texas Jeep club called me and he said, Hey, you know, uh, we, we thought of this idea and we wanted to run it by you and see if you wanted to be involved in it. And, um, you know, he told me that there was this Jeep club, which I'd never heard of. I'd never heard of the North Texas Jeep club, but there are about 30,000 Jeep owners. Oh, and uh, yeah, it's a huge group. And they do a lot of charity work and they do a lot of stuff um, in the winter times. If we, if we get an ice storm or something, uh, you know, all these drivers will go out and they'll do what's called recovery missions. Well, they'll they'll just go and they'll find somebody that's stuck and they'll pull them out. And so it's a group that is, um, you know, very involved in the community. And they said, uh, you know, we, we saw this wreck the other day. And we want to put together this program to provide free rides for first responders and healthcare workers to work uh, to and from their hospitals. And I said, absolutely. Love it. And so um, us, us three, we kind of put together a, a game plan and um, it was uh, Friday. I think it was either a day or two after the crash. We. Um, you know that the forecast was obviously not looking good. It was looking like we were going to get a lot of snow in the Metroplex. And, and of course, as we've seen the last year, um, we've come to really depend on our first responders and healthcare mm-hmm. workers uh, to keep us safe. And, and so, um, there was actually a lot of healthcare workers and your friend ex- exactly that was involved in, in the crash. And so, we wanted to make sure that these people got to and from work safely and that they were able to. Um, you know, provide, provide care to their hospitalized patients um, in a normal matter. And, and I know a lot of them were pretty nervous about the road conditions. Um, mm-hmm. So we just, decided, we decided to, to help. And so we, we created this Google form to where people could request a free ride. Um, basically any first responder, police, fire, EMS, and then any healthcare worker, uh, doctor, uh, nurse, nurse, ER tech, what have you, if you work in a hospital, we'll give you a ride. So, uh, and within about 18 hours, we had 600 people. Yeah. That had submitted requests for rides. And so (laughs) once we, once we saw it was really going to take off. Yeah. We, we kind of had to, we kind of had to take a step back and say, okay, we have to, you know, we have to really look at this. We have to get a team together to handle logistics. And then we just have to start doing it. And so, uh, from that Friday on until, uh, last Sunday, really, uh, about a week and a half, it was an all hands on deck effort. We had like 15 to 20 people behind the scenes handling logistics, um, talking to, uh, you know, about. 200 drivers or so with the jeep club signed up to help and so we had to uh you know kind of have this pool of 200 drivers and it matched them with 600 people that needed a ride uh, not only two but also from so it was really like 1200 rides wow uh, many rides um and then we had calls from major hospitals that had heard that we were doing it um and they opened it to all of their staff, a uh, JPS, Parkland, a handful of other major hospital systems saw that we were doing it and were like, Hey, we want to get our nurses to, to work safely. Can we, you know, can we tell them about your service? So uh, I think we had in, in total um, from the the phone line that we had to the submission form, I think it was over 3000 requests. Jeez. Uh, just, it's just, it's just, insane. And yeah. uh, we were able to fill about 1600 of those. And so, um, you know, it, it's a shame we couldn't do more. Obviously we wanted to do uh, every ride that we could, but just with the supply of drivers we had, it was tough. Uh, mm. but the 1600 rides was, was what we ended up doing. And uh, we're pretty proud of that. And we also, uh, coordinated some dinners for first responders. I think we fed about 300 or so first responders okay.
0: as well. I saw you had to like cut off the actual, uh, entries because so many people were donating food or something, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We had to cut off. Uh, we actually had to cut off the submission form because, you know, like I said, within, within, you know, not even a day, we had 600 people. Uh, so we had to cut that off pretty quick, but then we reopened the phone lines um, a few days later and I think we were able to fulfill a few hundred uh, more requests that way, but it was just crazy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we're, we're definitely going to keep this team together and, um, You know, the next the next time an emergency strikes here in the Metroplex, we're going to, you know, work, work with the Jeep drivers to uh, to do what we can. So so it it, it was pretty cool to see. It was just a pretty strenuous effort. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I have to compliment the North Texas Jeep Club because they did an amazing job. Mm. Uh, They had like six or seven of their people that were just I mean, they they were working on logistics up until 2 a.m., and they went to sleep and got up at 4 a.m. for all the nurses that had to get there early. So wow. it, was, it was really incredible and uh, obviously it garnered a lot of media attention, which is great. Uh, it's a really, really good story. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was pretty cool to see that happen.
0: So, well, I think what's really cool about all this, everything that you said from beginning until now um, is... You know your networking the way you've just met people and listened to the scanner and grown the um the the page and the website has led to something really cool when disaster strikes you know you've been able to reach out to people and people have been able to reach out to you to partner to, to make a difference and it's really it's really cool to see you know in a, in a world in a country that uh is all we see in the news is d- division uh, we don't ever see good things happening we only see the bad stuff and it's very easy to, to estimate and assume that our country is just falling apart and that we're on the brink of a civil war, <laughs> all that, right? Um, it's very awesome to see whenever a lot of the local infrastructure has been taken away from a uh, you know, massive ice storm and snowstorm and blizzard, where the community comes together and says, hey, guys, we have this. Hey, we have this. Well, I have this. And then you come together and you you feed and transport and probably because you're transporting the hospital staff, you're probably saving hundreds of lives just from the resources needed for that. So how does it feel actually making a difference in your community?
1: Well, it feels good. And it's something that motivates me, quite frankly. And, you know, you know, people that have a platform like me uh, can use it for any, any purpose whatsoever. And. Um, you know, when it became clear a few years ago that we could really make a difference, uh, through our audience and just by helping people, uh, that, that's something I absolutely wanted to, to take advantage of. And, and we've done a lot of stuff on the site. We actually have a a nonprofit as well. It's called DFW scanner donates. Uh, We do a lot of first responder charities with that as well. So, um, you know it's it's really a blessing to be able to use the platform that i have and and the audience that i have to uh you know to help people and to um you know influence people's lives and and just you know do good work and, and that's all you know that's one thing that motivates me and um it's it's really just a pleasure to be able to uh, to do that
0: yeah this is now this next question um is kind of a a loaded question but uh uh you know, we've seen time and time again how people like you, who are just wanting to do so much good, they they're doing a lot of good in, in their communities. They create something like Scanner, and it becomes big, and then you start making money off of it. And you kept on saying you could really make it, however you wanted to make it, based on the influence you have now. So, what kind of uh, personal guards? are you putting up to make sure that you don't go off the deep end and do something crazy and really change the initial goal of what DFW scanner was about? Cause you know, we've seen that time and time again with so many celebrities or uh, just good natured people who have been honestly <laughs> corrupted by power, wealth, and influence.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and that's one thing that, that I'm so glad to, to say that we've been able to do is, is since day one, um, you know, our main goal has been to always keep people informed and, and that's what we've done from, you know, 2010 until, you know, tonight is that we have been able to keep people informed, um, in a manner that is the fastest, uh, the most accurate, and, and that has the most influence on people's lives. And so, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I guess kind of keeps me, uh, in check is, is that mission, and, and to, to always stay rooted and, and to never forget that, um, you know, it took a lot of work in the early days to, to get this going. And, and, um, you know, I, I I wouldn't say that I'm somebody that is, um, captivated by fame and fortune. Um, I'm sure if I was, it would be a little bit of a different story, um, because, Mm -hmm. um, I'd probably be chasing after the money and not chasing after helping people but
0: well it's kind of cool you say that cuz as I was trying to find you you know you're you're not plastered on the scanner page and that's something I noticed I actually had to google you outside of the scanner page which is actually kind of cool and I, that that initial interaction of you meet googling your name showed me a little bit about your character yeah
1: and and I'm not somebody that likes the limelight um you know I don't want my face you know, plastered out there. I don't want people to know who I am. Um, it, it has been pretty cool. It, it's actually been pretty tough uh, because, you know, like with, with the Jeep Club and, and with some of the other stuff we've done in the past few years, um, you know, I've kind of had to open up a little bit more. Um, I've been on TV a handful of times, uh, podcasts, um, you know, all sorts of, of uh, media uh, platforms that, that I've actually kind of had to... Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say grow up, but, but just, you know, um, you know, come into the limelight a little bit more and, uh, realize that, you know, uh, you know, I've kind of created a monster, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it, it's fine. It's cool. I've gotten used to it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm staying, staying rooted in, in how we were founded and, um, you know, guiding us and, in, in, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, we're just going to stay doing what we've always done. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been way successful to this point and then there's no reason that it's not going to, you know, stop being successful. So, uh, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and, uh, and yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's a uh, much respect, man. Honestly, really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say wrapping up, uh, just to the people who might be listening to or are following DFW scanner?
1: Yeah. I mean, just, you know, we we are who we are today because of our audience, and because they have engaged with us, they've shared uh, our posts, they've liked us, they've you know they they've been loyal followers for so long, and and I think that's that's really the main token to our success um, over the the past few years is is that we've never lost our core audience, and you know as we continually grow, uh, we're not losing anybody. We are we're continually growing. Um, and, 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 that's really the main, you know, the main reason that we are so successful. And so, um, you know, if, if you're listening to this and if you followed DFW scanner for a day or for a year, or for 10 years, um, uh, just thank you so much. Um, it's, it's pretty humbling to see, and, and it's pretty cool to, um, uh, to, to recognize out there in, in the field, and <laughs> a funny story. Actually, I was, <laughs> I was riding out with a medical helicopter uh, a few years ago. And we went to a a public relations event, and um, you know I I had posted that you know we were going to be riding out with them uh, to this you know event in Keller, come out and see them, etc. And so here I am on this helicopter, and we're coming into land, and it's you know this really cool thing. All the kids are watching, and so uh, you know we get out of the helicopter, and then all these people start coming up and saying, "Are you are you the guy that does DMW scanner and this and that?" And I was like, "Here you have this."
0: Mm-hmm. Badass,
1: excuse me. This super cool helicopter land in front of your face, and you know all you want to do all you want to do is see who you know DFW scanner is. It was mm-hmm. pretty pretty funny to see, but interesting. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's super cool, and um, you know, just yeah. Th- thank you for following, and uh, we really appreciate it. And um, and uh, invite your friends and family, and we're we're gonna keep doing what we're doing, and uh, yeah.
0: Love awesome, it. man. Well, again, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'll let you get some sleep. I'm sure you, you haven't had some sleep in the past few days with that newborn. So get yeah. some sleep and it's uh,
1: my life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you have a good day, man.
1: Thanks, Caleb. So much. All right. Appreciate
0: it. All right bye.